episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by SEM Rush. It is our go-to SEO tool for doing audits, for tracking position and ranking, for really getting ideas on how to get more organic traffic for our clients, competitive intelligence, backlinks, and things like that. All the important SEO tools that you need for paid traffic, social media, PR, and of course, SEO. Check it out at semrush.com forward slash partner forward slash duct tape marketing. And we'll have that in the show notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and I'm going to do a solo show to have us uh, end 2019. We might actually get another one in before New Year's, depending upon when you're listening to this. But this is pretty much my final show for 2019. I thought what I would do is small business marketing trends for 2020. Everybody seems to eat these up. I want to just try to give you, in fact, I'm not going to call them trends. Let's call them insights. I'm going to give you what I think are some insights for 2020. Trends are often those things that people jump on, uh, almost like New Year's resolutions, and uh, they don't really amount to anything. They don't apply. They're not relevant. You know, things like AI, you know, are not really going to be a, a big giant trend for small business. People may be talking about it like crazy, but I think we're still a few years away. It's like I remember the days when we talked about mobile marketing uh, being something 10, 12 years ago. We're finally there. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about what I think are the insights for 2020 to give you some things to think about uh, actually adding to what may be your long list of planning elements. So, before I get into it, though, I do want to say, if you enjoy this show, we love reviews. So go to iTunes or one of the many other places where you can pick up and maybe listen to this content. And I'd love a review as, as a gift for uh, the 2020, if you think about it. All right. Number one, insight, audio content. Um, I think that this is going to be something that people need to really embrace for 2020. So audio content is this. It is a podcast. It's uh, all the things that have been around for a while. It's actually part of a, a video. There is audio typically of a video. But a couple of things I think are really important. If you're not podcasting, uh, I'm, I'll say it again. I've said it many times. I think you should be podcasting. It's a great way to produce content. It is a great way if you do interviews like me to reach out and have some great conversations with people you want to speak with. And, and you know, that can be, it doesn't have to be uh, authors or influencers. It can be uh, your target market. It can be your customers. It's a great way to get content to build relationships. But from a format standpoint, uh, one of the things that I think audio has going for it is that people have less and less time and less and less attention maybe to sit in front of a monitor and read content, read blog posts. And and a lot of ways, I think that that's uh, due to the fact that I know how I am. If I'm in the office and I'm in front of a computer, I don't know, I'm working on client stuff. I'm <laughs> writing my own content. I'm probably not going to read content. Same with video. Uh, I have a lot of trouble sitting in front of a monitor and watching video. I get distracted. and <laughs> I want to do other things because I'm on my computer. But audio content has the portability that uh, really no other format has. So in other words, uh, I can download a podcast, uh, stick my phone in my pocket, and go for a walk. I can turn it on in the car because I can listen to it without having to watch it. I can walk the dog. I can go for a run. I, I just think there's so many things that, that make the format 
the portability, at least, of the format, uh, something that uh, I think you have to be adding if you're not today. Because I, I do think that there are people that are tuning out um, and every other form of content. I know a lot of books um, that, that, you know, are some of the biggest name books that you can, you know, look at in uh, in the world of uh, business or nonfiction. You know, books by, like my friend Ryan Holiday's, uh, Stillness is the Key, his recent bestseller. The audiobook format of that is selling as many copies, if not more, some days than the printed format. And I think that that trend is going to continue. In fact, I think I saw a statistic the other day that audiobooks sales outstripped the sale of Kindle ebooks. Uh, I think it was just a study in the UK, but still, I think it's indicative of, of really the behavior of consumption uh, that is out there. So if you are not producing audio content, I'm going to encourage you to do so. And there are a couple of things you can think about there. I mean, if you've produced a whole bunch of videos and you're all in on video, video is fine. Video is great. <laughs> video is necessary. But you can sometimes strip out the audio uh, from those videos and run it in another format. You don't have to have a traditional podcast. You can just occasionally uh, do a rant like this <laughs> in, uh, in audio format. Uh, you can use audio to actually just talk all about your business for hours and hours and hours and let somebody else turn that into web pages uh, by transcribing it. So there are a lot of things that I think you can start thinking about adding, uh, a lot of reasons to add uh, audio content to the mix. I do think that this is kind of my one futuristic idea here. Um, I do think that the smart speakers will at some point become a way that people consume more of their daily content. So in other words, Alexa, Play My Flash Briefing uh, might deliver, say, a daily kind of recap of, of audio content. Again, I think we're a long way from there. It's too hard to figure out how to you know, get an Alexa skill on your daily briefing. Um, it's kind of like the old days of podcasting, but, uh, but, but it's coming, I think. Uh, so audio content, get into it. All right, the second insight. This is uh, me speaking more as a marketing consultant and a person who trains marketing consultants. I think more and more small businesses should and are bring things in-house. And there's two areas that I think you should stop outsourcing as much or, or that you will stop outsourcing, I think. And that's marketing tactics. I'm going to expand on that. And then technology. Uh, in fact, if, if somebody came to me and said, okay, my business is at XYZ point, what should my next hire be? There's a 90% chance that I would say it'd be a marketing person or it would be a technology person. The problem with kind of both of those is, is that you don't just say either or. I think you hire a marketing person because there are so many things that can be done routinely, writing content, doing social posts, you know, getting reviews, taking photos of things, making Instagram posts. Those are all things that I think you should have an internal resource to do but marry that with a strategic marketing partner. Uh, a lot of times where the challenge is, is that uh, small businesses uh, will, uh, will hire a marketing person, usually a young person who knows that social media stuff. But there's no direction. There's no way for them to kind of tap into the strategic marketing plan because in a lot of cases there isn't one. So what my suggestion is, is you should be looking for a trusted resource mentor, advisor, coach, consultant who can help you with the strategic component, the plan, the, you know, maybe even the operations of the plan, the analysis of the plan, the analysis of the data that the plan produces. 
but get somebody internally directed by that person. You'll get the best of both worlds. And I think that that's that's an area that's going to grow so much so that in 2020, uh, we are actually going to create a certified marketing manager program just uh, with the with the primary goal of uh, letting business owners, uh, letting us train their marketing staff, letting them show them how to hire uh, internal marketing staff and have that person uh, directed by uh, an outside resource uh, such as a duct tape marketing consultant. So I think that's a, another insight that uh, as as many of these tools have gotten in some ways easier to operate, um, but but and also in some ways more foundational to marketing, I think that's a, um, a great hybrid combination. Insight number three. This one's kind of fun because so many things I've seen over the years that I've been doing, that there's this giant pendulum that swings back and forth, it seems like. So used to be, you know, every deal was done with a handshake, you know, with a trusted partner that you could look in the eye. And then Technology came along, the internet came along, and all of a sudden, you could do an entire business without ever actually talking to another human being. (laughs) And I think we swung too far that way. Um, And I think that we're swinging back somewhere to the middle to the point where this insight sort of um, seems counterintuitive. I'm saying you need to both humanize and automate. Um, And I think the reason for that is that so much... Behavior. So many, so many ways in which people want to do business with customers, or, or with the business, customers want to do business with us. They want things that should be convenient to be convenient, should be efficient to be efficient, should be automated to be automated. But then they want that human touch. There's tremendous amount of research done around you know what makes you love a company, and in many cases, it's it's things like convenience, knowledge, communication, efficiency, friendliness. All human traits, but a lot of the reason a company is convenient um, and efficient is now aided by technology in the proper sense. So, I think that we needed we need to get to the point where we are automating everything that can and should be automated, and we are humanizing or rehumanizing everything that can and should be. My insight for 2020, uh, in terms of a recommendation in this case, is. Get back on the phone. Let your phone ring. Answer your phone. Call people. <laughs> that, that is one of the easiest ways, I think, to rehumanize our businesses. I'm going to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, I've certainly been guilty of the opposite. Insight number four. I think retention, customer experience, is the golden opportunity for anybody that's been in business for any amount of time. I already alluded to this, but PricewaterhouseCooper did an extensive research on, you know, why somebody stayed loyal, what they thought was a great experience, and it, none, well, very few of the responses had anything to do with the product or the service. It was convenience, knowledgeable communication, efficiency, friendly staff. So, how can we look at our marketing? Uh, you've probably heard me talk about the marketing hourglass where it's uh, we get people to know, like, trust, try, buy. But then we think marketing ends uh, at repeat and refer. And I think those seven stages and the research done by PwC, I think, suggests that we have to be looking at not only how do we get the phone to ring, how do we get, how do we show up in search, you know, how do we have a sales conversation? We have to look at building knowledgeable, efficient communication, reporting of results, friendly response, 
you know, a lot of these insights go together. Uh, how do we use the phone as a way to create a better customer experience? I think we ought to spend at least half our time on creating a better customer experience. And then you can spend the other half on uh, generating more leads and converting more leads. Okay, my final one, final insight for this year-end episode is paid search. Now, this is not necessarily a trend, paid search, meaning Google ads, uh, used to be AdWords, Facebook advertising, LinkedIn, you know, all the banner ads and things. That stuff's been around forever. And a lot of businesses, certain types of businesses, certainly product businesses, e-commerce businesses have used it uh, to dramatic fashion to grow their businesses. But I think the time has come where the local small business of any sort, no matter how great their offline engagement is, no matter how great their content is, no matter how great their website is, their people are, increasingly Google, where people turn now to find pretty much everything, including your phone number, even if they're already a customer, has squeezed the real estate to the point where if you want to be on page one, in fact, I did a search the other day for a plumber, um, just a random search, not looking actually for a specific plumber, but for plumber in Kansas City, which is where I live. And the first, what I would call real plumber, meaning <laughs> an actual business that wasn't Angie's List or Home Advisor or some other you know aggregator that wasn't an ad, including the local service uh, uh, ads that run across the top. Uh, the first plumber showed up on page two. So what that suggests to me is that pay to play is definitely here, especially in a lot of consumer home services categories like plumbing. So making paid search a significant part but a real part, not not a oh I'm going to try that I'm going to let Google set my you know account up and you know spend all my money for me, but but making that a significant part of your overall marketing plan I think is uh, no longer optional. There's a couple of great things about getting involved and in, and doing it in a smart way. You may need to get help, but gosh darn it, do your research, figure out what you're supposed to do, what works, what doesn't work. Not if you it doesn't mean you're going to run your own campaigns, but don't get ripped off. I see so many small business owners that uh, work with pay-per-click firms that basically set up, you know, templated canned campaigns and forget them and and don't communicate and just say, oh, you got 27 clicks this week. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> it means I spent X amount of money. That's that's all you can tell me. Make sure that you're working with somebody that that takes communication seriously. That. Um, understands, frankly, that you don't care how many clicks you got. You care how many customers you got. So if 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 somebody, if you're talking to a pay-per-click or a paid search firm, and they're not talking about how they're going to track from click to customer, end-to-end, -end, then you should be seriously thinking about somebody else because that's the only reason to do it. But one of the beauties of paid search is that it is a way for you to capture people with the highest purchase intent. There's a lot of categories of business where paid searchers, people that click on ads, uh, converted you know, two to one over people that just went out and had a long tail search and found your blog post. So I'm not saying abandon everything else. In fact, never, never abandon your website or your, your SEO or your content. Those are long-term games, but you want to supplement it with paid search to get that high intent stuff. Maybe there's categories you, you're having trouble getting your content to rank. Maybe there are certain really competitive search terms like, you know, emergency service for something that, that you know if somebody finds your ad, they're going to buy because, you know, they're, they're, fine, they're trying to fix something. So 
you know, think about what your uh, lifetime value of a customer is or your transaction. Obviously, that, that will help you figure out what you can budget or what you can bid. But but paid search needs to be a, a, a big part of what you do. I believe that the local service ads are going to only get bigger as a category. Right now, they're just, well, I think they're in every city just about now. But they're, they're expanding to... Um, Home services, businesses. I think they're gonna. I th- I think eventually you're gonna find an accountant there, uh, a lawyer there, in those service ads uh, because Google is making more money on those uh, than they are on their other ads. Um, I read a statistic the other day that said 97% of Google's revenue comes from paid search. So, so they're going to keep that going. That's not going away uh, anytime soon. Um, so back to these local service ads, I think that I think they're going to continue to expand because they are making uh, Google money and they're taking up more real estate, you know, on on the search uh, results. So, you know, I wonder if we're going to get to a point where there are no organic results. Uh, just a thought. <laughs> um, last piece of this is that the other thing I love about paid search is that if you set up your campaigns right and and you're looking at your search term reports, you're going to you're going to understand that you're not actually bidding on keywords, you're bidding on search terms. I mean, what somebody clicks or what somebody puts into a search engine that makes your ad turn up and then the fact that they click on that and then convert on that, I mean, that's what you're really buying is that search term. And it, you know, depending upon how your campaigns are organized, it may or may not reflect the keywords of your campaigns. Um, but the beauty of that search term report is that if you're able to look at the, the terms people are actually searching for and then clicking on and then converting on because you've set up your goals and analytics and you're using call tracking, you've got a roadmap for what every one of your emails ought to say, what all your social media posts ought to lead with, what all of your blog content ought to lead with because the search terms that are creating conversion and you can track it end-to-end in paid search better than any other tool or any other channel, now becomes the basis for a great deal of the rest of your other forms of marketing. So that's it for my 2020 show on insights for 2020. We're not going to call them trends. We're going to call them insights for 2020. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast throughout 2019. I'm taking my own advice, and you're going to hear more audio content in, in a couple different formats uh, from me in 2020, including maybe uh, um, some really short uh, snippets and, and tips coming as well. Look for, I'm just going to put it out there. I really don't have the exact date yet, but look for a significantly revised edition of Duct Tape Marketing, the original book. We'll probably give it a fancy name like Duct Tape Marketing Reapplied because it's going to be that uh, changed and that updated. It's not not, not a new edition. It's really a new book. And also, uh, I hinted at this, uh, look for our Certified Marketing Manager program coming in the probably towards the end of first quarter 2020 where we will actually produce a program that you can enroll you as a marketer if you want to be Get some extra training. You can do that, but uh, we'll also uh, make it available for business owners to uh, to use as a business or personal development and training program for their uh, team and staff. And the difference is we're going to take it as it's not going to be a course. It's actually going to be a training program. And so it will include your own uh, private coach um, or consultant to actually work with you to not just go through the plan, but apply the plan and action plans to your business. So you're going to get somebody that's going to work with an employee 
train that employee and actually make them even more useful for you because they're going to help uh, create a plan specifically for your business. So look for all that and more to come in 2020. Take care and have a great end of the year. Be safe and scatter some joy out there, would you?